Hello and welcome to another episode of You Haven't Seen That, the podcast where my co-host watched the films he missed in his childhood. My name is Chris and I'm joined by that co-host, Eric. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Good. Good. I'm very excited for this one. Chipper on a Tuesday morning to... It's Tuesday morning, everybody. Yeah. Before work. I mean... Yeah, this not that early on a Tuesday morning. But. No, but still, uh, nothing better than starting your day off with a little animated mouse. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, nothing like some, some animation on a... Oh, it's great. Pretty. We'll call it a grey day because we yeah. can't see the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at that building, it's grey. So. Yeah, it's grey. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the film we're watching this week is An American Tale. This holiday season, Universal Pictures brings you a very special motion picture experience. The first animated feature film presented by Steven Spielberg. An American Tale. The story of one family's journey to America and Fievel, their son, who got lost along the way. Yeah, and I think I was saying last week, there's a tiny chance I may have seen some of it. Yeah. Because, you know... It's one of those movies I possibly saw when I was six. Yeah, well... I definitely don't have... I definitely haven't seen it multiple times. Yeah. Well, this one, I was um, showing Claire last night, because she she was like, what are you watching tomorrow? And I was like, oh, we're doing an American Tale. She's like, what... What is that? And I showed her the trailer, and she was... Like, first she saw the poster and was like, wasn't that little guy a cowboy once? And I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. That's the sequel. Exactly, (laughs) yes. She she knew him from the sequel, not Mm. the original. And that's it. I'm wondering... Have I maybe watched one of them along the way? Because I definitely recognise the poster and the image. Yeah. Um, thanks to Community, at the very least, I know the song. Troy, sing. The assignment is to train a rat to respond to a specific song. Yeah, did you have to pick a duet? Hmm? Hmm? Somewhere out there beneath the pale moonlight. He did it. Good boy, Fievel. But So what are you expecting? Anything? Like, what? Any no, I, I, no, no real idea. I'm, I'm assuming he's like a little mouse. I'm assuming it's an American Dream style story, but with a mouse. Okay, so like, elaborate there on American Dream. Like, what are you... A little mouse sitting off on an adventure on his own. Oh, okay, and he comes in, in search of America. Kind of. Or maybe <laughs> yeah. he encounters America. Okay. I'm just in, picturing a lot of like, happy American cliches and things like that. Well, not cliches, but you know, okay. encounters that would typify and personify. Yeah. Great words, those ones. Mm-hmm. Um, America. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. It's just assuming a very fun, friendly family kids film that would just be lovely to watch with the children. Yeah, back in nineteen. 19- well, eighty six, but I think like Australian Australian cinemas and things like for us, we got it like late eighty eight, like uh, eighty nine, I believe. It's interesting that. It, or, or it's one that's stuck around in cinemas for a yeah. very long time because I remember seeing this in the cinema. Yes. Yeah. You so that, it was really one of my first ever cinema experiences. Yeah. So that's... Probably perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it's so much, it was a very much like ingrained in my family's DNA, this film. Like yep. My brother and I still to this day will occasionally quote this film. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yep. that, that's kind of why I've included it in things. Yeah. So. so do you reckon you watched it a lot or just enough times for it to be... I, I've, Easily quotable and I think it, it enough times like I wouldn't say I've seen this film 20 plus times in my life no. probably but I've seen it enough and it's enjoyable and quotable like enough kind yeah. of it, it sinks into your brain a bit yeah a bit like Disney able, films like I mean, you're yeah. not gonna go as a teenage boy 
keep revisiting the Disney library over and over necessarily. No, not as commonly as other things, maybe. Mm. Um, But you're not going to forget them. No, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I I will give you a little slight warning with this film. I I showed, like, as I said, Mm. I showed Claire the trailer last night. She's almost started to cry watching the trailer. Oh, it's a bit Bambi, maybe. Mm. <laughs> so that's a little bit of yeah. a... <laughs> I was wondering if there was like, going to be a bit of a heart. She started stuff. tearing up oh, in no. the trailer. <laughs> going, what is happening? I get to work this afternoon just with some red eyes. I know, so that's why I'm like, <laughs> mm, starting the morning off with this one. But Oh, dear. Yeah, uh, well, should we jump into it? Let's go for it. So that was an American tale. It was. And it was an American dream. Yeah, you nailed it. (laughs) But you weren't... Yeah, I was kind of more leaning towards, like, whether you'd guess that it was the story of, like, a little kid lost from his parents trying to find... Yeah, no, I didn't didn't think it might... I was thinking more... he just goes on some form of an adventure. I didn't mm. anticipate who would be a Russian Jew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's like I it was a, yeah. I didn't anticipate a movie about the immigrant experience. Yeah, well, that was it. I I was remembering it last, like thinking back on it last night, because um, I had not seen this in twenty plus years, probably. No. Um, and I was I always thought it was like a giant. Ale- I always remembered it being kind of maybe set around World War II for some reason, and then, yep. like, it being an allegory for, like, fleeing the Nazis and things, but it's, yes. it's not quite that level. But. Sort of, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess, quick plot synopsis for those that haven't seen it. It's uh, Fievel Mauskowitz and his family <laughs> uh, flee Russia in 1885. Or choose to emigrate from. Yeah. They're clearly yeah. oppressed by the Cossacks and their cats. Yep. And they decide to emigrate over to America, a land where there are no cats. There are no cats in America. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And on the way, uh, Fievel being the adventurous type that he is, Gets swept overboard and separated from his family, and yeah. And they both wash up in New York. Well, he washes up in New York, and they arrive by boat as planned. Yep, and, um, uh, at Ellis Island, where there's yep. also an immigration port for mice. Yep, yep, they have their own little gangplank. <laughs> yep. And then it's him trying to find his parents, basically. Yeah. And, and in the process, I think you're right, he finds America. He, f- <laughs> he finds America, the land of opportunity. Yeah, it's just too bad the film doesn't let you <laughs> stay on a moment. No, it's a very quick moving film that doesn't really linger and build any particular emotions mm. it's a kid's film yeah which, which <laughs> so i was gonna like we're gonna, we're gonna like say that now yeah it's like a kid's film and that kind of works that it just t- speeds through everything mm. so quickly because it is meant for kids and it's the attention span is like yep. let's just move over here move over here do this now do that like yep it yeah. doesn't have maybe that same like bambi's mother moment or like the lamb before time that, like soul crushing moments so yeah much. I, I remember this being a lot sadder than... okay so maybe if i rewatched yeah the others i'd be like it yeah. it's fine but yeah I, I remember this being like really sad when i was a kid that five gets lost and yeah like him calling out for papa Okay, so good. So it hits the hits the nail. Yeah, as a child. Yeah, but as an adult, I'm like this movie, like that, 
Like, you, you could have sat on that for a little bit longer. Just the tiniest bit. Mm. Fifeful doesn't have much moment for reflection. And because of that, there's not much there of a character. No, like, it, it follows his little um, adventures and things throughout, um, throughout New York um, whilst looking for them. And it has his sister singing that famous song. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the somewhere out there. <laughs> yep. And it definitely has the, the mum and dad telling them to forget about him. Mama, I keep having this feeling. The five was alive. Tanya, it will go away. After a while, it will go away. <laughs> and they've got like the giant mural up of him yeah, like in, in mourning and things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it never actually has Fifel alone with his thoughts. No. He has the moments where he hears the fiddle music, so he goes looking for his dad multiple times, because um, his dad used to play um, like very fiddly music. I think your first comment was, <laughs> oh God, is this going to be Fiddler on the Roof? Yeah. It's uh, very... It, it borrows a little bit from a few things, doesn't it? Oh yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll but get it, to those. It doesn't like heavily... I, I was a bit afraid at one point, um, yeah, that it might really lean heavily into those, but it only borrows from them. And yeah. I think that's probably fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's with Fievel, I'm, I wasn't too sure how old he's meant to be because him kind of just blindly being like, I'm looking for my family. Yeah. You're like, yeah. okay. If you're like five or so, like if you're really little, that, mm. that makes sense. Yes. Like, and that kind of works. But so I'm guessing he's meant to be around like, you know, five, six years old, kind of like a yep. little kid. Yep. Cause then even when he meets Tony, yay. <laughs> Tony Abalone or, or whatever his name, it is something yeah. rhymey. Tony Tophony's the name. Put it there. Tony <laughs> seems like he's teenagery mouse and he's just like, oh, it's this little kid. I'm going to help yeah. him. Like, so I, I think, yeah, Fievel. He's, he's a bit streetwise. Yeah. And Fievel is supposed to be that little, little kid, which is yep. like, I mean, his sister's older than him and stuff. Like, yeah. Yes, I think yeah. she is. We're never really told, but it's kind of the impression that you get. Yeah. So it kind of works that he's just blindlessly kind of wandering through mm. being like, my family. Yeah. <laughs> and um, which, which means that you don't need a lot out of Fifel because he's mm. only meant to be that old. Yeah. And you're just letting the scenery and the animation essentially yeah. drive you through. And like, yeah, because he's so young and innocent, that's all you need. There is no motivation. Right. There's no drive. There's no deeper. Like, don't need it. He's not going to go through a character change. No, it's just meant to follow because a he's simple six. story. Exactly. <laughs> and it's aimed at six-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so you don't need any deeper than that. Mm. But on top of that, there is... Probably tells the American immigrant, uh, uh, an American immigrant, or provides a point of view of a, a lot of that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, On a real surface level. Surface level, exactly yeah. right. It, um, it doesn't have, I was hoping that it might have a kind of that deeper kind of level where you're like, oh, you're actually, you're presenting the immigrant kind of story while also making kind of a loft, like it, it's somewhat of a statement against, you know. Something. That process or like, um, you know, the tough life that people live doing that, emigrating or yeah. like the idea what the perception of America was compared to what it is, which they yeah. kind of do. do. I think they do it enough. Like mm. I like at the end, like particularly when um, there's that little bit of him uh, later in the film where he truly believes he is an orphan and his parents aren't looking for him. And you see all the other orphan yeah. children and, and a few other scenes, you're just like, it makes you actually think like, well, that's, you know, 
what it would have been like mm. for a lot of people. And, um, and the whole idea of there are no cats in America, they arrive in America. Oh, not only are they cats, but they are like corrupt businessmen yeah. <laughs> like who are going to exploit you. Yeah, like, there are cats everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it has its own little things like mm. that. And yeah, the film goes into its little Oliver Twist for about 10 minutes. <laughs> yes, or less. It does not dwell on that very long at all. Mm. But that, that made me think of it, because that scene where Fievel finds all the other orphan mice, mm. I'd say 30 seconds, and then it's... Gone. Just gone, moved on. Yep, and then like yeah, the, um, the Oliver Twist scene where the, the guy pretending to be a rat, um, mm. the Fagin character... Yes, yeah, essentially. Like, oh, he just like drops him off at like a... Child factory, basically, <laughs> where they're, um, child labor factory, where they're like working on fabric, and he literally just escapes that night. Yeah, and it's and it's as, as if it. the other mice had never, the other kids had never thought to do that. I know. I'm like, you're pretty agile creatures. Yeah, like the window just opened. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we can do that? Yeah, and that's where Tony's like, this kid's got Moxie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm gonna follow him. It's... Oh. It's so funny, but yes, it doesn't linger on that at all. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is where he's going to be stuck for a while. This is where we're going to sort of base his yeah. searches out of. Nope. Nope, not at all. Straight and out it, the window. Yeah, but and it does sort of give you an idea that that would have happened to some. Yeah. So it gives you an insight into the... Broad strokes. Yes, very broad stroke. This would have happened to some. This stuff existed. So you get enough of a broad insight into America in 1885, New York in 1885. Yeah. Um, huge numbers of immigrants coming from all over... The, Europe and mostly Europe at that point, I think. Mm. Anyway, um, it would have been interesting if the film had a little bit of contrast between the the mouse immigrant world and then in the backdrop just a few more pepperings of the human immigrants as well. There, there was a yeah. little bit of the, uh, but not kind I, of. Yeah, I think it kept the humans completely faceless, didn't it? And, yeah, uh, and um, actually, animation style as well. They um, they're rotoscoped to give yeah. them a more kind of realistic, different look to everything else. So it, I thought I liked that. Yeah, yeah. rotoscoping is the um, mm. process where they actually film it live action and then kind of paint and animate oh, over the top is of that it. How they do it? Okay, mm. so that's so. why they have more natural movement as opposed to yeah, old bouncy sixties movement. Pretty much, and Don Bluth, the director and designer and things, thought it would be a great way to kind of separate yep. the cartoon mouse world and the, like have a more uh, realistic was, presence of the adult. Really good, or movement. the human. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, it worked really well. I think, mm. um, but. In terms of like the, I reckon a good way to attack this one might be like going through like the beats, like the yep. little, like we've got the whole opening, um, the kind of scary attack from the cats kind of setting yes. up that. Rushes are scary. Well, where they were. The, the, the world, I think, can be a scary place and things can kind yeah. of come out of nowhere. And which, people, ha America was and could still be a, a place to, to move to. And mm. particularly at that time, it was um, the place to go when you were, running from persecution mm. um yeah it shows a perfect example of why people wouldn't want to stick around where they were or, or were first forced to move and america was a, the option it yeah was the choice it was uh, yeah the land of opportunity yeah it was just like what just after the revolutionary war like they've separated from the british and oh no that was um no this is after the civil war oh sorry that's what i meant to yeah, say yeah. yeah so they've they've really like united and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And they're really moving forwards as a nation. Um, but other European nations have had their revolution. Oh, well, actually, they had them a while before that. But anyway, Russia's was coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, running away. Mm. Um, but yeah, in terms of the animation style and things, it starts off very kind of light and playful and then mixes yep. quickly into the scary attack yeah, that... scene. Um, and then back 
to the... Mm. Uh, it's just like, we're just going to move away from that. Now we're in Germany real quick and there's an yeah. umpa band. Oh, the like. umpa band is so good. <laughs> yeah. It does a nice kind of... The choppiness of it, like from quickly moving scene to scene, kind of not only keeps it moving, but it keeps it kind of light and playful. Yeah. And I think what they did pretty well is they kept the nationalities distinct enough that they stand out. Yeah. In a, um, in a movie like that, they have to stand out. But whether they learnt from old Disney, like if you go and watch some of the, you know, the Siamese cats and Aristocats mm. and things like that. These days they don't age well at all. Yeah. Um, but these ones, I, I was afraid they may not, but they were like the Germans was, were fine and the, the, you know, the Italians and the Irish kind of, they were okay. Yeah. And they I, were obviously, <laughs> but you know, they weren't visually making fun of them. No, and I have a feel like this is just a broad assumption, but I'm assuming having someone like Steven Spielberg producing this film mm. is like, we're not doing Song of the South here or anything. We're not no, leaning into oh, some yeah. stereotypes. We're not going to... Yeah, they had enough representation that you could see the different cultures. Yeah, without... Overplaying. Yeah, without having to yeah, fall into the visual visual stereotypes to kind of hammer that Yeah, home. have like a Chinese character with chopsticks or something like that. Yeah, that. yeah, there wasn't anything quite bad like that. No, so. but you still had enough of like the... The song on the boat, which I, I made a little note, the There's No Cats in America. There are no cats in America, and the streets are paved with cheese. Oh, there are no cats in America, so set your mind at ease. Oh, yeah, yeah. I um, wrote a note saying it was the hopeful song, the Everywhere Sucks But America song. Mm. <laughs> is that which what is, I... Which fair. is... Because you've got them singing about Russia, you've got um, you've got the Irish guy singing his really soulful Irish ballad about, about his like, like and his his Bonnie Lass or whatever. And um, uh, is that Irish or Scottish? See, this is my ignorance showing through. <laughs> yeah. um, but they had their famines and things like that. You've mm. got the um, the Sicilian guy um, fleeing the mafia yep. and things like that. So people going to America for different reasons. Yeah, and a giant spectrum of it's not just it's not just Russian Jews. Yeah, it's, like it's. Lots of people see It's a melting pot. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and very famous cultures who, who went to New York in particular. So, um, yeah, I, that song was, was pretty good and hit the nail on the head and got you moving forwards. Yeah. And then that was the interesting thing. There was a couple of songs throughout it, but not... Like, it wasn't like constant, constant, constant. I thought there might be more once. I had one early, but um, mm. there were a, probably... A, Good number. There was only about four or I think so. so. Yeah. Yeah, whereas for some of the other Disney kind of classic animations, it would be like bang, 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 bang. You would just song Almost too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was like, this was a nice balance and it kind of spread them out nicely. Yeah. So You could have fitted like one more in. But, yeah. But, but the film doesn't have time for that. No, it doesn't. It's moving. <laughs> mm. um, but yes, like once again, then it goes back to sort of semi-scary um, animation or like light and tone for when he gets swept overboard. Yeah, that was the most kind of classical Disney thing with the wave looking like a giant monster. That was awesome. Mm. I actually really liked that. And apparently um, Spielberg actually went through and uh, cut a bunch of stuff in oh, the yeah. um, initial kind of storyboarding and designing phase where there was going to be some more sea monsters and he was just like, yep. this is too intense and scary. Yep. Like Let's we need to tone, trim this back a little bit. Like we want to have that kind of somewhat darkness but not... And that was perfect. It was just like, yeah, waves almost becoming Poseidon. Yeah. But then melding back into just being a wave again mm. and things like that. So you've got like a, 
you put a face on the threat rather than just having a good old storm. Yeah, it um, actually that, makes, and it's that because you were, yeah, you're essentially seeing it from the perspective of a little kid, and that's yeah. what that. Yeah, so it's great. And then yeah, so you got that, and that was intense. And then you get to New York, and it's a bit sad for a bit there. But then you meet Henri, the French pigeon. Oh, he's so friendly, and he just lifts his hope again. Ah uh, no, my little immigrant, you want to find your family. And you will. Yeah, and bizarrely, Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Like, what the hell? I was not expecting that. Because yep. <laughs> um, he's there, and like, I'm like, why is there a French pigeon? And then like, oh, they're building the Statue of Liberty. Which was a really nice little touch. It's perfect timing, and everything, they go back to it again, of course, because everything it represented and mm-hmm. represents. Um, and I'll be damned if that thing doesn't wink at us at the end. Oh, oh. <laughs> so glad it winked. Yep. Nothing like some... Robotic mm. bronze eyes. Mm. But that the scene with uh, the French pigeons and things works really well to kind of establish, like, now that we've, like, the inciting incident of the film essentially has happened, yep. where Fievel is separated from his family. We're now in America. Plot is in motion. He's going to try and find them. Yep. But it, we're going to have fun and happiness, and yes. there are going to be songs and adventure, and he's going to meet new friends along the way. Exactly, yeah. So you're back into, okay, it's all right. Calm yep. down. We're going to have some fun now. Yeah. Um, you don't have to cry. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. We'll find yeah. them. Like, yeah. But the problem, I think, is the film never picks who his companion is going no, to be. No, he never has. It tries to maybe represent, like, all those the different members of New York society, um, particularly that, that lower level, mm. lower to mid-level. Um, you know, he's got the, the poor mice. It's got the French... Uh, pigeons <laughs> <laughs> flying around pooing on everything yep you got uh, the experienced uh, american mice who have already yep. kind of mm-hmm. been the street smart ones the ones in school singing the american anthem like mm. they've been there for a while yeah apparently that that was a uh, scene added by spielberg from a story oh. his grandfather told him oh, his wow. grandfather was also named fievel by the way really, <laughs> really? interesting yeah so uh, spielberg told like a story uh well it was his grandfather's story of being an immigrant yeah. first and then seeing pressing his face up against the schoolhouse yeah. window and seeing the kids pledging allegiance blah 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 and wow yeah so he's like i know what we can put in the movie <laughs> perfect hmm. okay but Back to that sort of companion yes. point. In any other, like, I'm kind of being pointing more at Disney, I you guess. You have to, don't you? Yeah. Like, the, it's a type of film where once the separation happens, the compan- the protagonist finds a buddy who, and they'll help each other along their way. Yep. And Whether they're a clock and a candlestick. Yeah, there's always, <laughs> it is always that buddy dynamic. And this mm. film, yeah, I don't know if it's a conscious choice to kind of shine a light on those different subcultures that made mm. up early America and yeah. kind of... By doing that and not like you know not having mm. a singular one, or if it is just, eh, we don't need it. I think it's an interesting one. If you'd had say ten more minutes of film mm. and you could get to know Tony Abalone or whatever yeah. his name is, Tony Tobboni's the name. A few more minutes with him just to get to know him a little bit more. Uh, even the um, the the girl who's saying we don't need to put up with cats anymore, who Tony falls for. Yep. Um, the kind of well-to-do mouse. Yeah. Yep. You kind of get a couple of minutes with each of them. Mm. Um, and then all of a sudden you get Tiger thrown in the mix Tiger, at the end, and you're like, where were you 20 minutes ago to yeah. help Fievel maybe? And then you could have helped turn on the cat like, yeah, he could yeah. Been used a bit differently. Um, he comes in so late. Yeah. So if you got, I don't mind the multi sort of thing, but it just, you didn't really, um, they didn't feel like perhaps they were. It kind of made it seem a little unfocused to yes. some degree. You just never felt, you, you felt like you knew his family pretty well because mm. you had some serious moments with 
them. And it got to know his father and his character and his sister and her character. And it continually cut back to them Mm. grieving and trying to adjust to their new, not only their new life, but also having lost their son. (laughs) Yeah. Like in the voyage, which like, yeah, you you got more emotional depth out of them. And I suppose that's where the emotional core of the film comes from. But yeah. And all you got out of like, was it Honest John? Yeah, yeah, the drunk one, drunk Irish who um, is rigging elections, rigging with, elections dead with dead bodies. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to America. Yeah. <laughs> but he's honest. Um, but you know, you got you got him, and then you've got like the the rich German. Um, she she was from Midtown or Uptown. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh god, yeah. I, I just Madeline Kahn. Yeah, um, <laughs> doing a kind of a cross between her uh, Lily, Lily von Stupp from uh, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Crossed with a little bit of Biggest Dickus? Or, no, uh, <laughs> Biggest... <laughs> Life of Brian. Uh, yeah, Michael yeah. Pay- like, yeah. As yeah. you know, I have dedicated my wife to helping those less fortunate than myself. Uh, that's everyone. And now I want you to help me. We must have a wowie. A wowie? <laughs> yeah, so funny, with a big lisp. Yeah. Um... <laughs> um yeah, so you had them, but you only briefly, you knew their motivations, they believed in mice, so that was good. But uh, apart from that, like, he was a drunk Irish politician mm. kind of guy, and she was a part of the upper class, mm. the up-and-coming upper class, and that, that was all you needed to know. Tony was streetwise, and that's about it. The girl believed in liberty. Yeah, they're kind of ticking all of the... Broad boxes, but you yeah. don't know anything beyond that, except that they're nice. Yeah, and we're just going to move on quickly. Yeah, <laughs> on we go. <laughs> I, you, I, you almost get to know Tiger the most. I know, which is why it's shocking that he's introduced with, what, 15 minutes left in the yeah. movie? And it would have been interesting if he'd come in kind of at the halfway mark, like mm. at that turning point in the second act where Fievel's been captured, like, you know, shift that earlier. Yeah. So you've got his low point happening and then you've got the redemption kind of build up and hit him have Tiger be a more integral part of helping the mice possibly plan and yeah because i mean i guess also he's a little bit of not all cats are bad yeah which is that kind of you know yeah. it'd be a nice little thing to have yeah but he was sort of just dumb yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um, um i do love the uh, the mouse town hall scene where they um come up with their plan just oh yes i just loved it so much are we men or are we mice Mice! Mice indeed! And proud of it! And then, like, alright, so who has an idea? Crickets. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, no, shouldn't you have, like, you've gathered everyone because you have an idea, yeah, not to is, be like... Isn't that how leadership works? Yeah. <laughs> like, fine, we'll let the five-year-old choose. Yeah. <laughs> this little kid's got a good idea. This is great. Yeah. Uh, and their idea is to lure all of the cats in New York, all seven of them. Yep. Um... <laughs> Um, into one area, yep. and then with this awesome contraption, which we'll talk about in a sec, um, force them off the edge of the pier onto a boat because they choose to swim onto the boat rather than back to shore. Well, like, like the in... anchor going up, essentially. Like yeah, it's that's their only them. saving point, and then they'll end up in Hong Kong. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. It's a solid plan. It is. A, yeah, it's a good enough plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. So, no, it was pretty funny. Um, the... the they just find like an old mad scientist's collection lab. That was so weird. <laughs> Luckily next to the docks. I, I want to know if those kind of places did exist yeah. back in those times where it was like... Because it was like a museum of 
Mr. Megoriums. Yes. Like, just yes, exactly. here. Yeah. Um, so it's a museum of oddities. Yeah. Really. Um, which they plundered and built this awesome dragon mouse. Yeah, the, the giant mouse of Minsk. Yes. Um, which is... <laughs> which is set up in the first scene yes, as well. Exactly. It's a story told by um, Fightful's father. Mm. Um but it was it was animated really well. Yeah, that was really cool. That it, actually. it kind of almost blended that the rotoscoping with the kind of traditional mm. animation, the way it's done to kind of give this real surrealist like. Yeah, Whoa. it was different to anything else that had been animated. Yeah, and it adds this real element of fear. And I'm pretty sure it scared the crap out of me when I was a little kid. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, that was full on. No pupils. Just that first fireworks. shot of it like cr- like crashing out the door and yeah. Yeah, because we didn't know what it looked like. Mm. And most films wouldn't show you that. Um, no. and, and of course, and then when it came. Out, you're like, oh my gosh. Well, yeah, no, cats would be scared of that. I thought they might, like, make a dog or something. Yeah, that, that seems gonna, the more... Because the cat's headquarters had the no dogs allowed mm. logo up. Um, but it being a mouse kind of helps, like, you know, it's good. rally mice. their spirits. Yeah, mice are strong. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was, that was pretty awesome. It's funny because sometimes I found that the direction of that was really well done. Like, as it bursts through the gates and stuff and the quick cuts and... But there were a couple of times when, like, Fife would be running away or scrambling and you just kind of lose track of geographically where he was within the scene. Yeah. Um, like, he'd slip or he'd run away or, like, like when he was running away from the cats and there were some cats up ahead and then all of a sudden he just have slipped past them and there wouldn't be an obvious, like, signposting moment that showed where he went. And what happened with the action. Yeah, like, it didn't matter that much but just a couple of times all of a sudden he'd just be somewhere else so it's like watching a michael bay transformers film you just don't know what's yeah, going a little on. bit just you're just like because you're disoriented because <laughs> and look you have to direct animation well mm. just like any film and um yeah there are just a few moments like um well he's escaped the sewers yeah but you wouldn't be like i don't know i kind of liked it because others would signpost it way too much i'd be running and mm. there's clearly what he's going to interact with and it'd be just a bit too predictable um, and, and I think the, those kind of moments probably were sacrificed for the character design and the kind of little, there are a lot of little mm. moments where Fievel, like, seeing their sad, will, like, wipe his nose in a specific way. And you're like, yes. oh, that's actually really well animated and well done. And I, I'm wondering if that's, like, we're going to concentrate on that yep. as opposed to the action stuff. Yeah, and I think that actually worked pretty well. Like, they mm. had their own little mannerisms and Fyfel's baggy clothes and his hat. And yeah. And tucking it, it into his belt. Because and... it's really similar to Don Bluth's other really famous film, Land Before Time. Mm. Like, when, when there's the action scenes, it's just kind of a flurry and stuff happens. But yeah. the attention to detail on their characters and their little mannerisms are... Oh. Spot on. I haven't like, seen that movie in so long. That's one I did watch a heap when I was yeah, a kid. Like, I had that like taped off TV yeah, or something. So yeah. did we. And that was one I tr- really did watch a lot. But mm. I um, I have not seen that. And you can kind of see like the nice progress because I think that's two, three years after an American something tale. Something like that, I think. Yeah. And like you can see him growing as an animator and a designer, mm. and like it's the improvements that they kind of have happened in those yeah. years, and you know, I guess also having a bigger budget based off of how well this did and yes. things. So. Yeah. And more to work with, more experience. Yeah. Mm. Um, yes. So otherwise, I was going to say something else about animation, but I don't remember what it was now. That's disappointing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. well, this might uh, possibly spur on. I was kind of searching around, like, knowing the kind of basic story of this. I was mm. looking around last night to see if I could find any information about um, possible parallels between this and a really famous book. Uh, All of it. 
tattooist. No, a mouse by Art Spiegelman. Oh yes, of course, yeah. Mm, where with uh, Jewish people being oppressed mm. and being represented as mice, and the oppressors yeah. being cats. And yes, yeah. Did he draw inspiration? Well, there's no direct link. No. Um, the best I could find was. Like, I looked all over the internet, mm. and there was not much info which made me be like, that's weird that no one's kind of made that parallel before. Yeah. Um, but apparently uh, Spiegelman did kind of, he contemplated some litigation and things, but then instead uh, convinced his publisher to rush out with volume one of Mouse, like the yeah. collected volume, putting that out. Yes. While the film was still in production, so he kind of beat them to press. So kind he of, did beat him out, did he? Yeah. To kind of deflate. Like, it had been out as, like, issues and things, but not as, like, oh. the collected volume one. And yeah. uh, so he got them to release volume one before he'd even finished volume two at yes. that point, just to kind of beat them to press. Yes. That was maybe all that like would it. influence, because I have Red Mouse, and uh, maybe that would influence volume two starts with him, essentially with writer's block. Yeah. From memory, like... Not knowing how to progress with it. So yeah, I he's, wonder he's if that hit in- a certain point in the story and doesn't know where to kind of go. Yeah, and I wonder if part of that was I decisions to rush part of it out in mm. a way. It's like, where do I go next or something? Mm. Interesting, yeah. Okay. Kind of worked though, because Mouse is a goddamn masterpiece. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was something I kind of was looking into and couldn't really find much, but... Yep. Yeah. Yeah, very, very interesting. Mm. Um, I mean, it's a logical choice yeah. if, you, if you're going to animate... Well, I mean, like that kind of stuff. Spiegelman like chose to do to pick the uh, Jews as uh, mice in Mouse mm. because of propaganda from the Nazis. Of course, yes. Well, that's like famously where he got it all from, and I'm wondering if that's a similar kind of parallel of why Spielberg and Don Bluth and people dis- at similar kind of thing. Yeah, yep. they're like, well, this is a very like it works on multiple levels yep. of you have the oppressed imagery and you know yep. natural predators yeah and um, you know would work works well for an immigrant story of arriving in a new place and ha- yeah yeah didn't go yeah mice coming across on ships like it works yeah. so so something else um moving forward from this movie the sequel yeah which you obviously have seen mm-hmm. um did you have a favourite? Did you prefer? Because sometimes sequels, even if you rewatch them, you go, it's not so good. But as an animated one, like they're almost more fun sometimes because yeah. they've established everything. Um, I prefer this one, I think, I, as, yep. if I recall. Um, I remember when the second one came out, it was kind of a big deal. Like Fifer Goes West. Yes. Right? And I remember there being like lots of ads on TV and like yep. things like that. And um, yeah, the it's I forget the story, but I think it's like a old west town. It's kind of like a high noony kind of yeah. thing almost. Or there's like, no, I think it's there's a corrupt cat sheriff. Of course. Who is voiced by John Cleese. <laughs> oh, right. And then, um, so Fievel and Tiger have to convince like this old dog gunslinger to come back and... Help run him out of town. Yeah, and that's yep. Jimmy Stewart, which is just like, wait, what? All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in one of his final roles. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, it's... It's a lot bigger budget and it's yeah. a lot more flashy animation and things. Yeah. But Don Bluth is not involved. He, oh, okay. He kind of had creative differences and walked away. Oh, wow. Early on in the project. So the so studio's that, like, nah, this is what we want to do. Yeah, and it apparently did not do nearly as well. Okay, and, um, interesting, despite the hype, the marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was really like Spielberg and Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall kind of being like, we'll, we'll just take over and kind of... We got this. We'll overproduce this kind of thing. And yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. So. I mean, moving out west is like the 
the natural progression from New York at well, that time. Well, that's it. Like, and and I think that's reasons. essentially what they're doing with it. Yeah. And it's like the gold rush and head to California yep. and stuff. But um, Simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I just have very, very fond memories of watching this first one in yep. American Tale. Um, when Fievel and Tiger start singing their song, We're a Duo. We're a duo, a duo, a pair of lonely ones who were meant to be a two. Oh, a duo. Oh man, such like vivid flashbacks. Yeah, they're already friends, yeah. I'm like, oh, I kind of am remembering these lyrics almost. (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, It's funny, I purely from the... There's no like real standout song, is it? It's not like one that gets reused or used in... I mean, somewhere out there is kind of the emotional sort of one. And that also, I think, because came so big because it got released as a song it did get it yeah. did it get an oscar no- you can tell me now did it get an oscar nomination or something like that um d- d- uh yes and a golden globe and it won two grammys wow <laughs> there we go okay yeah. so that- oh, it's uh, sung by linda ronstad and i forget who oh, else yeah okay so So yeah. hence the legacy, basically. Essentially, it, it got yeah. it was huge that song, and that yeah. and it's associated with the film. So yep, so yeah. it became the yeah the title, well the film really. And it's I suppose it is the only song that really has an emotional core to it. Yes, and it's tied to the central story. Mm. Um, whereas like we're a duo, like it's just like hey, I met a buddy, hey friend. <laughs> yeah, he's a little slow, but he could help. He could be useful. He's big. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's actually tied to the storyline well. Yeah. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else? Like, again, this is an 80-minute long kids, kids film. Animated film. Yeah, we no. would, I think we've gone more in-depth on this than anyone I know, like, you don't need before. to go this far in-depth. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it was, um, it was just very, very easy to watch, very, very friendly. I think what it did actually do very well is it gave you that just broad, sweeping insight into the immigrant... Um, I've got no idea what it would truly be like, but the Mm. immigrant story and the stories you hear and all these um, people coming to America for an opportunity. um, And it gives you exposure to all that sort of stuff. And that there was still oppression. Yeah. You see enough of that. It doesn't try and make deep statements. And it's it's never overly heavy handed. No, it doesn't, doesn't try really hard. I mean, I was, I was having fun at the very end when they're, you know, they've seen all this like, semi-brutal sort of stuff at street level and then at the end they're flying on the pigeons and like America's so beautiful from up here (laughs) it's just kind of like high five statue of living yeah I'm like is this just trying to say America looks great from a distance like (laughs) yeah um, yeah. I I was just being silly I I think it does a good job of of sort of showing that things do look good from a distance and they're good close up too but Mm. when you get close and they get real that stuff exists as well and it just is but you know there's friends there's family there's everything along the way it tells it in a really good kids friendly accessible way without being racist or cliched or you know overly schmaltzy um overly kiddy like it's it's, I was thinking um because we've got some friends that are you know having kids at the moment Mm. this is one that if you would have your kids put on like it's not one of those like grading to adults I don't think and it's not dated um, mm. it's, it's, I think by setting it in that specific time period, it makes it kind of yep. timeless to some degree. And, and the animation design was, has aged well. Yeah. And it, it is not like 
bombarding you with songs or like overly cutesy schmaltzy stuff. It no. is, yeah, and not bad for an adult to sing. And watch. can we just say we watched this on a VHS? Yeah, well, not a VHS specifically, <laughs> but we watched a VHS quality. Yes. <laughs> so we felt like we were right back in 1989. Like, this is perfect. So we saw it the way it's meant to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> Grainy and flickery. Oh my gosh. It was, it was rather grainy. Yeah. Um, so maybe the animation's better or worse than we thought. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we've just been overly harsh and it's just because of the yeah. version we watched. Uh, so that, was, that, was, that sort of added to the charm. Mm. Um, well, on that note, do you want to hear a little bit of info on the film? Yep, sounds great. Um, just double-checking. Yeah, I got all, everything else. Uh, so the film had a budget of around $9 million. Yeah, all right. Yep. And it went on to gross $84.5 million at the worldwide box office. That's quite a win for a kid's film. Uh, making it the 16th highest grossing film of the year, uh, coming in behind other films we've done on the show. Top Gun at number yep. one, Crocodile Dundee at number two. But it beat Short Circuit at 21 and Pretty in Pink at 22. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. So it did pretty well. And um, so because of that, it became the first animated film to beat a Disney film at the box office. Uh, it Oof. beat the, gra- the Great Mouse Detective oh, uh, yeah. by over $22 million. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think it became, uh, where is it specifically? It became the biggest, um, highest grossing non-Disney animated film ever. That's Until Dumbluth then released Land Before Time. Yep. So That's a pretty good effort. Taking like, down the kings. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. like Disney were at the top for a reason. Mm. They had so much of a legacy and experience. So. Yeah. And this kind of kick-started Steven Spielberg's kind of foray into animation, which he yep. then kind of had set up through uh, Amblination, and mm-hmm. Fiverr was actually the mascot for them. And, oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, and then from that, he kind of did a few other features and then moved into the Warner Brothers realm with, like, yep. Looney Tunes, Animaniacs, yep. all that kind of stuff. Oh, did you just, yeah, okay. Mm. Yep. So kind of, yeah, without... Without this film, we you never know. We might not have some of the yeah <laughs> the uh, the what is it? Countries of the world song. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic, Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador, too, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, Honduras. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, as I mentioned before, the film was nominated for an Academy Award and a Golden Globe for Best Song. It won two Grammys for Best Song, written specifically for a motion picture, and Song of the Year. What? Yeah, that's how big it was. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. For a song sung by off-key children. Off-key children about... Well, yeah, not the... Not really yes. children, but yeah. But, oh, yeah, that was great that they didn't overproduce that aspect. No. We commented while watching it, that scene with, you know, Fival and his sister singing Under the Moon, that it is the, the actual perform... Like, the kid actors mm. singing off-key, kind of clunkily. Yeah, they're not... Belting it out Disney style. Whereas, like, I immediately in my head cut to, like, Lion King when it's, like, just can't wait to be king and it's all of a sudden perfect. Yeah, or A Whole New World. Yeah. Um, As, you know, just beautiful singing voices, great music, perfect pitch, Mm. um, which works beautifully. Yeah. I'm just singing A Whole New World. I was going Lion King because of the kid aspect of it as well. But, yeah, it is just... it. It's like, no, that's not how the characters mm. would sound. We're going to no. let it actually exist, which and I they, thought was a bold it, move. It was really bold and it worked. Like, yeah. it could not have worked. If it was perfect pitch singing, you'd just be like, ugh. That's where it leans into the schmaltz, whereas yes. the realism they kind of kept. It was yeah. nice. Hmm. So, yeah, I guess to, to wrap it all up, I think as a kid, if particularly as a young kid, I really would have enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. 
Simple as that. Yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's just nice. And, and as an adult, you're like, eh. I'd be like, that would have been good as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't need to watch that again. But no. if, if I um, if I have kids one day and we're running out of movies to watch and they can handle some 80s animation, and how many kids can't? Sure. I know. Come on. Yeah. You know, we, we watch like 40s, 50s Disney movies. Well, that's what so I reckon is going to happen. Like when, you know, our generation ha- uh, having kids, it's going to be the, like, no, we'll put on the 80s animations mm. that we grew up on the same way that our parents showed yeah, us like in the 40s. animation, I mean, the pacing maybe loses out. But like, yeah. otherwise, I mean, I know that 3D is there. but I still love a good traditional, like, drawn animated film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Hmm. Um, but we're not going to draw out the next film from the hat. No, because... we got one left yeah. for the season. Yeah. Um, so, staying on a similar sort of um, path, kind of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, animation. The luck of the... This is the, what happens when it's just literally picking out of a hat. We yeah. just end with the two animated films yeah, we made. <laughs> we might subcategorize next season. Yeah, so to try and mix it up a bit. Yeah, but it kind of works pretty well because um, the next film is going to be Fantasia. Mm, going straight to the Disney classics here. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think we're going to be having our uh, old friend Tom on as a guest for that one as well. That's so, the aim. Uh, keep an eye out for that in a fortnight's time, but otherwise I guess that'll wrap us up for Feifel, yes. an American tale. Perfect, yep. Mm. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, we'll see you in a fortnight. Uh, for this episode, I'm Chris. I'm Eric. Catch you next time. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.